Thanks for joining us and supporting Vicky Doe Fitness. We ask for your continued support by becoming an It's All About Health and Fitness premium member. Go to www.vickydofitness.com forward slash join. Again, that's www.vickydofitness.com forward slash join and register for a $6 monthly subscription. And remember, keep listening, sharing, and checking us out. The views and opinions expressed are for general informational purposes only. Consult with your physician or medical health care provider for medical advice, diagnosis, and or treatment. Today, we talk about research articles and hot topics. Our topic today is, what's new? Hot topics number 64. Can wearing a mask reduce allergy symptoms? Research shows that wearing masks outdoors can protect people who suffer from seasonal allergies. Are people having second thoughts about getting vaccinated? What's the latest? Maybe we should reduce our online engagements on social media. That would be better for our mental health. All this and more on It's All About Health and Fitness. Welcome to It's All About Health and Fitness with Dr. Vicki Hayward-Doe and Dr. Virginia Banks-Bright. This program is brought to you by Vicki Doe Fitness, a multimedia health and wellness forum. Now, here's your host, Vicki Doe and D. Banks-Bright. I'm Dr. Vicki Haywood-Doe, and with me is the one and only Dr. Virginia D. Banks-Bright. <laughs> hey, Vicki Doe. How are you doing, my sister? I'm good. What's up? What's happening? What's happening? Well, you know, guess what? It is going closer and closer to, to May 30th. You know, I, I, I know. I be thinking about that because of my flowers and all the stuff I want to do, but I'm yes, like... I look forward to passing your house because you always have such beautiful landscaping out there. I may have to copycat this year. Yeah, no problem. You got to copycat and get your, your, your flowers on. Copycat and get some flowers. I, I, I pass your house and the flowers are all like two inches apart. I'm like, dang, Vicky, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I said, that looks like some Versailles or something in France. You know, some state country home. I'm like, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Right. Right. You are killing me. Yeah, I have to come <laughs> I had to come and sit my butt at your poo, you know me. We opening it, we're getting ready to open it, um, getting ready to open it on Friday and uh I know a little be a little bit chilly, but you know, I'm just I think it's just kind of like this COVID thing. Everybody's ready to just do something other than wear your mask. You know what I mean? I know. I and know. And I can open up my pool. You can put your flowers. It's just something that we can enjoy at our house without having to put our mask on, you know? That's it. And then I can go out to my patio yeah. and sit in the morning. I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah, and you and... And now with the new guidelines, me, you, and, and Dr. Nate, we're vaccinated and everything. We can sit out in the back. We've got a little fire thing out there, and we can just 
chill, listen to some music and relax. And relax. You can be around just a very small gathering, you know. Yes, 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 yes. So I'm, I'm looking yeah. forward well, to I'm that. Looking forward to the, I'm looking forward to the end of spring, the beginning. Well, I guess we're in the middle of spring now, right? Right, right, yes. Well, today we talk about research articles and hot topics that we think are worth looking at and talking about. Our topic today is what's new? Hot topics number 64. So what are the new guidelines for wearing masks, especially for those who are vaccinated? Can wearing a mask outside protect me from allergies? Is social media becoming the parasite of this pandemic? Maybe we should get off of social media. These are some of the articles and questions we will address on this episode today, and I can't wait to get started. What about you, Dee? <laughs> I can't either. I'm excited. For all of you guys, make sure you subscribe to this podcast show. It's all about health and fitness, Vicky Doe Fitness, on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, or on any of the platforms that you listen to your podcast. Because when you subscribe to this show, you will be notified when we post a new show and you will be able to listen to our inspirational and motivational health and wellness shows as soon as they are posted. So make sure you go and subscribe today. And guess what? Share. Tell your friends and family to do the same as well. Don't keep all of the good stuff for yourself now. Come on now. Make sure you share. Also, right now, we are showcasing our signature online health and fitness program, our Vicky Doe Fitness Step-by-Step Weight Loss Boot Camp Masterclass, which is a 12-week comprehensive weight loss program online. And this is our signature program for you to participate in and to get that healthy transformation that you have always wanted. And there's live coaching with me. We have heart healthy recipes, teaching modules. You know, we have our own Vicido Fitness exercise training and coaching app, which will give you access to daily exercise training on your phone, iPad, or whatever device you can download it on. But most of all, you will have that social support, the encouragement and accountability that is needed a lot of times when we go on our weight loss, healthy living journey. And so I want you to make sure that you join this program because you can take us with you to the gym. You can have us, you know, at home to help you work out and follow our online health fitness program. All of that is um, readily available to you and right at your fingertips 24-7. We will be right there. Vicky Doe Fitness, we will be right there to help you with your healthy living goals. Yes, take that big step. Go directly to vickydofitness.com to our website. Scroll down to the bottom of that homepage and press that icon that says Boot Camp to learn more about this fantastic program. Make sure you sign up today. Or you can go to this link, bit.ly forward slash vdfbootcamp.com. Now, VDF are in capital letters, capital V, capital D, capital F, and then bootcamp, 
bit.ly so bit.ly bit.ly forward slash vdfbootcamp.com that's right go and sign up what are you waiting for we are offering you right now 50% off for the monthly fee if you use the promo code when you check out if you use the promo code crush that's capital C capital R capital U capital S capital H crush all right you will get a 50% discount for the monthly fee that you pay for this program using the promo code crush and so folks it's time to throw away those excuses it's getting wonderful outside in northeast ohio wherever you are there are no excuses move forward Go ahead, sign up for this program, and I can't wait to see you there. And as always, Dee, what do we always say? Thank you, thank you, thank you for your support. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your support. Yeah, Dee, like I said, you know, it's spring. I walked outside a little bit warm because, you know, last week or so, it was kind of it was kind of chilly. It was down there. Oh, I don't know, but like I said, I'm just holding tight until, you know, May 30th after so that I can, yeah, see my flowers outside. You know what I mean? Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Absolutely. Then, and then a lot of people are, they're going outside walking because even if, even when it's a little bit chilly, this is kind of the right time to, to do your walking and jogging outside because it's not too hot as well. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to worry about getting all sweaty, you know, and stuff. This is yeah. a good time. So, yeah, I'm excited. What they say, new beginnings, new season. I love it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So how was your week? Well, my week was good. First, before I get into my week, a kudos to you and your, because we didn't meet last week, your, your weekend. I didn't get a chance to chime in on Saturday, but Friday was excellent. Congratulations and kudos to you. Okay, you came to our Get Back to Healthy. On Friday. Yeah, back to our Healthy Living series. We talked about mindfulness and exercise. Did you like the breathing exercise? I did. I really did. That was fabulous. Yes. Well, I'm so glad that you came and participated. It was a lot of fun. Yes, yes. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was really, really good. So my week, I went to New York last weekend. Okay. It was uh, very interesting. New York is coming back. It's more people are out. Okay. More people are and and there was a lot of were a lot of masks, a lot of masks. And what I noticed is people were so used to eating outside that people still eating outside. Oh. A lot of indoor dining because people are just used to now being outside and they didn't want to be, you know, cooped up with somebody else. So it was good. Um, visited a lot of museums. Okay. The good news about the museums, first of all, they're open. And secondly, they were very good about social distancing. You had, they had time tickets. You could only get in at a certain time. You had to have, you know, we went to um, the, the Metropolitan Museum of Art and the Whitney. Yes. Time tickets. And they only allowed so many people in at a time. And then you had to wait your turn, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, it sounds good. Okay. So it's good to know that things are good. Uh, things are opening up, but they're still trying to, you know, follow the rules and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. 
exactly. Um, and we used uh, Uber a lot. Was very, Uber was coming back, and it was kind of interesting. Those Uber drivers aren't playing. So I got into one Uber driver, and he had his whole front seat enclosed plastic. <laughs> I mean, he, <laughs> he had found this plastic thing to enclose the entire whole front seat that he was in. <laughs> so anybody in the back. He was definitely not going to get any germs to this guy because he had put plastic all around his <laughs> It was so funny. I said, well, I'm not mad at you, brother. I'm not mad at you. I'm just glad you're back driving or whatever. Look, so that was my week. Yep. Yeah, well, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do, right? got to do what you got to do. I wasn't mad at him. I was not mad at him. He had that plastic all over that car. I was like, okay, no germs are going to get to you. <laughs> That's just like this is like me. They know. Mm-mm. I got my Lysol ready. I got my Lysol ready. Shoot, you know it's COVID. Get back. <laughs> funny. That is too funny. So yeah, he had his plastic ready. Get back. <laughs> he sure did. <laughs> no germs were coming up in there. So what is going on this week? Whoa! Everything, Vicky. Everything. Yes, we were on our, we, we got to ask ourselves, where were we when we were listening and trying to figure out what the I verdict know. was going to be, that's, right? That's kind of like the um, the OJ verdict kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Because where were you when you heard the verdict? Where were you when you heard? Standing. Where were you standing when you heard the verdict? Mm-hmm. That's it. Guess what? I couldn't believe that. They had him guilty of all three counts. I couldn't believe it either. I mean, I was listening to one of, they are now interviewing the uh, jurors, and there was one juror who's come out who's decided to speak a guy. And he was like, you know, we were back, and it didn't take long. He says, at first, I thought it was going to be about a half hour, because nobody, there was no, no dissent, you know. Everybody was on the same page. And so he just was, you know, reiterating some of the sad parts that he cried when he heard George Floyd's brother talk about how they grew up together playing basketball and reminded him of his, you know, growing up as a kid with his brother and stuff like that. So he said, yeah, no, it was, that decision was not anything that anybody was wrenching their hands over. Yeah, everybody was on, everybody was on the same page. Yeah, because, I mean, mm-hmm. you just, you, all you had to do was just look, right? Right, I mean, it wasn't much, you know, there wasn't too much that you could, say well maybe this maybe that i mean it was just low-hanging fruit it was just kind of like right there nine minutes and 26 seconds or whatever just right there yep so that was so it's just kind of it was just kind of interesting vicky that Uh um you take a deep breath and then you're right back it you know the dante right and you're back in it you just you take a deep breath and you know you get over one verdict and then here we are again so i don't know what to say just you just, you know, and what's going on in Elizabethtown, my state of North Carolina, you know, that's all coming on today. So it's just kind of like you take a deep breath, but five minutes later, you're back into it. I know. But at least they're trying to do, what are they trying to pass? The George Floyd? Yeah. That's like a law they're trying to make? Yes. Yes. I don't know all the specifics, but you are correct. Mm-hmm. Right. So I I think if they can at least get that passed and put it in the books, you know, yeah, it'll be at least a little better because you know 
most of the time, and we know most of the time, police officers, they've been rarely convicted. And that's why this whole George Floyd. Rarely. Mm-hmm. Rarely. The whole George that's Floyd thing. Milestone, yeah. Was a milestone, exactly, like you said. Yep. And like I said, you know, I, I put on Facebook, I mean, what does it say for this country that, you know, we're running around here and like it's Juneteenth when a, a police officer gets convicted for killing a black guy. I mean, I know. You know, here we are 2021, you know, it's the 21st century. And uh, that has, you know, has, it rarely happens. So, yeah, it was, uh, it, was a, it was a monumental moment. Right. And it was all over the news. This clipping I got from BBC, it says George Floyd. Then it says jury finds Derek Chauvin guilty of murder. Isn't that something? And so his bail was revoked immediately. Yeah, he was remanded to jail. He, um, you know, it's interesting. I lived in Minnesota for two years and Mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out, Vicky, I don't remember that many black people living in Minnesota. So for me, it was a whole new cultural thing because, you know, Minnesota, the minority at that time were the Dakota Indians. Okay. And so now we have a whole new diversity. And in Minnesota, what he got, he's going to be sentenced in two months and he could spend a lot of time in jail. I guess they're going to run concurrently. In, in Minnesota, second-degree murder care is a maximum of 40 years, third-degree up to 25, and second degree is punishable by up to 10 years. Now, he's expected to appeal, as everybody has the right to do. Mm-hmm. Like you said, police officers have rarely been uh, been convicted of even stuff that's obvious, shooting people in the back. I know. Kind of thing. Mm. So, yeah. So, we shall see. We'll see what kind of punishment he gets for this crime. Mm-hmm, because they, st- they still get anywhere near 40 years. But, you know, people are talking about, like, maybe, 10, 12, something like that. Okay. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. But it's a, you know, it's a no-win. Did you notice, I didn't see any of his family members. I know, right? Did you see a wife or children or anybody on his side or no, I just Sam remember members or anybody? Remember his girlfriend, I think, didn't she testify or something? Or was it? No, that was that was she didn't. No, no, no. I forgot. No, it was it was George Floyd's. Why George Floyd's girlfriend testified? Yeah. So you're right. I don't remember seeing any of their children's friends. You know anybody? I didn't see anybody that they put on the stand like they made. You know, put people on the stand for George Floyd to give him a humanistic quality. And I thought if I had been Derek Chauvin lawyer i would have put at least somebody on the stand to say hey this guy isn't all bad you know he's uh, whether people believed it or not but something to humanize him there was nothing that his lawyers did to make anybody feel that he was anybody other than what you saw a lot of times they were they were defending but they knew he probably was a, a monster anyway they probably did and it was hard, it's hard I, I'm, I'm sure as a lawyer it's hard to defend people like that you know they they, they were running they were running out of things they were running out of things, right? They were running out of things. So, yeah. So, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Well, the Oscars. What What do you think about the Oscars? I watched it a little bit. Yawn. It was a big yawn. Thank you. Oh. Yeah. It was, it was a, a big... I found this article. Mm-hmm. That, I watched the whole thing. Okay. Um, okay. And it said that the Academy Awards showed off newfound diversity among its nominees and some pandemic-era innovation during its telecast. Like they had 
you know, the uh, attendees were there, social distance, but we did have some that were virtual. And it says, on the night when Best Direct and Best Picture went to Chloe Zhao for film Nomad Land. Have you seen that yet? No. What about you? It's a very good movie. Okay. The event highlighted an unprecedented number of films produced by and starring people of color. It wasn't Oscar so white as it's been in past years, as they called it. The sponsoring Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences also sought to reimagine the annual TV show threatened by years of declining audiences to avoid the Zoom-induced chilliness and technical glitches that have cratered the ratings of other live awards programs for the past year, but it was still a big yawn. I'm telling you. In deference to the coronavirus pandemic, the ceremony on ABC was moved back a few months from its usual start in February, generally. Yeah, usually in February. Two locations. Uh, Union Station in downtown L.A. and the sparsely populated Dolby Theater in Hollywood. Um, it was restricted to 170 people to avoid airing remote feeds of nominees on their couches. Hollywood's elite gathered at a, about a dozen camera locations around the world without their masks, at least while on camera, and after a region of temperature checks and coronavirus checks. Mm. Three-hour telecast, which once again had no host, began with a long, over-the-shoulder tracking shot of Regina King strolling through the board train station to a small stage as if in a film. And she gave a, a very, you know, she gave a great speech talking about her son and so forth and so on in this climate. Mm-hmm. And then you had uh, Brad Pitt and Reese Witherspoon who introduced nominees with a short anecdote about their first job in the industry or the first movie they saw. And then Glenn Butt did the butt. Glenn Butt. Glenn Butt did the butt. <laughs> Yeah, I saw that. (laughs) And then, and then, like I said, six years after Oscar so white protests about the dearth of non-white nominees, and a year after the Korean cast of Best Winter Parasite was ignored, that the Academy embraced Black, Asian, and female talent. So you had this Zoe, born and raised in China, she uh, won for Nomadland, and then in 2010, Catherine Bigelow won for The Hurt Locker. I still haven't seen that movie because. I just the thought of somebody, you know, I didn't, it, 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 it's about yeah, the guys s- that detonate bombs. Yeah, yeah. Feeling that. Frances McDormand, whom I love, she won Best Actress uh, for The Nomad Man. And the film portrays the economic upheaval, upheaval and social dislocation, unemployment, broken marriages, lost pensions. It really was very good and very timely. She had won previously for Fargo and then for three billboards outside both were good. Sir Anthony Hopkins, he was a he was a spoiler because I think everybody thought that Chad Bozeman Bose was going to win for Ma Rainey, but he won for The Father. Yes. Um, it was his second Oscar uh-huh. after Silence of the Lambs. And then you had Daniel Kaluuya, who won for the, uh, as to train the Black Panther leader, Fred Hampton and Judas. Yeah. So he got Best Supporting Actor. And then, as if as if addressing the snub of Parasite, the best supporting actress went to Yoo Young, Yoo Young Yoon, a second South uh, Korean actress who played the feisty grandmother in Minari, a Best Picture nominee about a Korean family that moved from California to Arkansas. And then, I guess, one of the speeches that, again, that uh, Regina King was touching on, she directed that one night in Miami, and she was one of several presenters and winners who decried police shootings and gun violence. She cast her comments in terms of her fear for her child. No amount of fame or fortune changes that. Mm. So I don't know. It was one of the lowest rated Oscars viewings ever. 
Wow. They might really want to rethink that. Because, I mean, I think, I don't know. It might, it might be time out for all of that, you know? I know. I know. Because you realize it's so political. You realize that a lot of it is not based on merit. A lot of it's based on the political time. Mm-hmm. And so if you're trying to benchmark your career based on whether you win an Oscar, you'll be disappointed most of the time. You know, I know. And then most people now, most folks are doing the social media. They're out there. They got their stuff um, outside of the theater now because we can't go to the theater. Yeah. Right. So a lot of people didn't see that unless they, you know, were on Netflix. Exactly. I don't know. Yep. There you have it. I don't know. They have to rethink that format because one year it's Oscar so white. And I'm sure other people on the other side, well, it's Oscar so diverse. I mean, you know, no, you can't please anybody. No, you can't. You can't, you can't please everybody. But yeah, and then, you know, how did you, how did you like Halle Berry? I didn't like her haircut. I didn't like her hair. I mean, of course, I'm kind of like not a Halle Berry big giant fan. No, I don't know what that was about. What yeah. was that about? I don't know, but her hair looked, it didn't look right. It didn't even go with her face no, to it me. Didn't. No, it, it didn't. It, it, it looked like a, um, I don't know, some, some, I was thinking of some cartoon character that has that short hair with the bang. And I can't, it won't come to me, but yeah. Mm. I mean, and the dresses were lackluster. You know, I, I, I love Viola Davis, but I didn't like the dress. I miss Joan Rivers. <laughs> was sometimes over. Oh, I know, I know. I missed a lot of the, um, I don't know. And, well, a lot of that could go on because of COVID. You know, you couldn't have people yeah. doing the red carpet and all that stuff because of COVID. COVID just, you know, casted a whole new light on the way you could do Oscar business. So, yeah. And so that's why I oh. always say sometimes, sometimes you just got to, you know, it, it seems like people try too hard to still have things how they were, and they can't be. Right. You, you could spend your energy doing it another way. you got to think outside the box and figure something else out. You, you, really, you really have to do that. Right. What's the latest, D? You got a whole bunch of stuff to tell us. I know. So uh, yesterday, the Center for Disease Control came out with new guidelines. Really, they were new guidelines. I essentially described it on TV as an easing of some of their guidelines. So the first one is, should you wear a mask while gathering in public? So yesterday, the CDC came out with new guidelines. Like I said, it was an easing up. And what they did was, this article that was in the Washington Post, more than 94 million Americans are fully vaccinated against the coronavirus. But what Dr. Walensky said yesterday was only a third. He said only a third over the age of eight were fully vaccinated. I think the census came out saying that we had 331 million people. Did you hear that? Yes. Mm -hmm. That was the census count for the United States. So anyway, despite so many invigorated immune systems, populists still need to keep wearing masks, public health, special respect. The country is not yet so protected and forego face coverings everywhere. Case counts have spiked in some hot spots, and it's clearer than ever that we need to wear, continue to wear masks. Masks are one of the best interventions that we have to prevent uh, viral transmission from one person to another, says Lisa Maragulis, an infectious disease epidemiologist at Johns Hopkins. But the newly vaccinated would be forgiven for giving their masks 
a second look. And the first wave of vaccinations after the FDA authorized the Pfizer vaccine in December, even frontline healthcare workers had these kinds of questions. In March, the CDC issued guidelines for what fully vaccinated people can do. Some restrictions were loosened. People who are fully immunized can socialize with each other, ignoring masks and physical, physical distancing. It's also okay to relax those precautions when meeting with non-vaccinated low-risk members of a single household. And just to cut to the chase of what happened yesterday, they said that now you can not wear a mask, and I want to be clear about this, if you're in small groups or outside running or jogging or walking by yourself or with a small group. They didn't say what number of people, but that also doesn't mean that you can go into the grocery store without your mask. You can go into large venues with theaters and concerts and so forth. And what the data was that they collected up five studies from the Journal of Infectious Diseases that looked at transmission. Mm-hmm. And less than 10% transmission of COVID occurred outdoors. Mm. So they felt comfortable yesterday when they brought these new guidelines that clearly being outdoors is a considerable less risk. These guidelines are absolutely appropriate for this moment in time, says Megan Ranney, who's an emergency room physician and professor at Brown. There just aren't enough of us who have immunity yet for it to be safe to take all those masks off en masse in public. The country will get there. Now, we don't know what number we need for herd immunity, but as I say to everyone, you not only need herd immunity in the United States, you need herd immunity in the world. Yeah. And what Fauci said yesterday, he went through all the different variants. And there are variants all over the world. So until we have herd immunity all over the world, it's going to be a while before we can take our masks off. Because guess what? People are still, can still, for some reasons, if they're essential workers or whatever, come to this country, maybe in, from India or from Brazil, that there's some essential business that they have and bring a variant in here. And look at what, what's happening in uh, India. They're running out of oxygen. They're running out of beds. Mm. Um, you know, we have to reach herd immunity in the world. Mm. So making masks complement vaccines is a good idea. And there are persuasive observations that face coverings are protected. We know that. And states with the lowest level of mask wearing were more likely to have higher infection rates, according to a recent a recent poll that came out. And if everyone wore their masks, were nearly 80% affected at stopping coronavirus transmission within a home in an observational study of Beijing households. The article went on to talk about what, what I was talking about, you need to wear a vaccine if you go to an event. And this is what the CDC drilled down on yesterday, mm-hmm. that if you're going to a theater, concert, sports event, and all of those kinds of things, wear a mask. If you're just going to be in a small gathering on, on outdoors, the operative word is outdoors, you don't have to wear a mask. And so when I was on television yesterday, the news reporter was asking me, well, don't you think some people are confused? Well, yeah, I think a lot of people are confused. And I think a lot of people are going to use this as an opportunity to just throw their mask off. So what I said yesterday was rule of thumb. Mm-hmm. If you are confused at all, the CD says wear your mask. That's it. There it is. Wear your mask. If there's any confusion at all, wear your mask. So I don't know how what this is going to look like in the future, 
remember that we still are looking for studies with children. You know, children make up a significant portion of the population for, um, for immunization, too. And we won't have that data out until probably the fall, and that would be for, like, the 12 to 16-year-olds. And then we have to get the data for the six months to 12-year-olds. So, I mean, bottom line is we have a long way to go for any kind of reasonable herd immunity until we get this group vaccinated. And then the other thing which we're hearing about more, and I'm going off the, this paper because, you know, this is real-time stuff, Vicki, okay. is that the new data is showing that not only is there vaccine hesitancy and not getting it in the African-American population, but now we have the evangelical white population and Republicans who are not taking the vaccine. Mm. Now we have another whole group that have decided we don't want to take this either. So, you know, we're, you know, we're trying to push an elephant up the hill here. I know. Um, and there were some evangelical ministers I watched on television yesterday. They were showing some of them who were preaching to people not to wear a mask. And then we have Tucker Carlson who told, who said on Fox News to go out and confront somebody with a mask on. So it ain't over. Yeah. it's um. It ain't over, Vic. It ain't over. I know. What's wrong with people? I don't get it. I, I don't know. I, I just, I don't get it. I mean, don't people want to go back to some kind of normalcy? So, uh, no, it'll, it'll be a while. So that was the new article, and I got it fresh off the press from my girlfriend who works at the Center for Disease Control. Uh-huh. Just kind of outlining. But as I said, the main reason that they, another reason that they put the guidelines out was to say to vaccinated people, hopefully over time, if you're vaccinated, see, you can do this now. And hopefully over time, see, if you get vaccinated, we'll be able to do a few more things. See, this is what we're going to do. So it was a, it was a, a lure. Right. But some people are saying, like, well, I took the vaccine. How come I don't have any more freedom? So this was also an opportunity to, to ease up on some of the restrictions and let people do a little bit more if they've been, you know, had good social responsibility and gotten vaccinated like we wanted them to. Because I could see people saying, well, what's the point if I'm going to be in prison with quarantine and, and masks? What, what, why did I take the vaccine? Right. That, that went into the decision as well. So, yeah. Yeah, but like I said, how most people are, not everybody, but somebody going to come up and say, oh, I'm vaccinated. Uh, no, you ain't. You got to show me some proof, sir. Well, I was, yeah, I was just like the other day. I was in the swimming pool, and, you know, I we can reserve our lanes now. Uh-huh. And although now they allow another person to come in the lane, I guess I'm kind of a little not so nice when somebody comes in my lane if they haven't reserve the lane with me and I I tell I ask if they're vaccinated. I had a situation the other day mm. and it was a young person and I said, Are you vaccinated? And I mean not that I don't want to say that I don't believe people, but Vicky, I don't believe that she was vaccinated. She goes, Yeah, I'm vaccinated and I'm like No, you're not. Oh so, mm-hmm. I don't believe it. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, you know, I, I not that I'm all together for this passport thing because I don't want to put more restrictions but there is something to be said about showing some proof that you, you know, in the old days before you could travel overseas, you had to have a smallpox thing in your passport to say that you were vaccinated against smallpox. Big time. In order to get into school, you know, you and I had little children. They couldn't get into school without being vaccinated. I remember many times I was called because my kids at Akiva didn't get, you know, <laughs> their immunizations up to date, and they were getting ready to kick them out. So if you could do it for that, why can't you do it for other things? I know. <laughs> That's something, and you and you the infectious disease doctor. I'm the 
first. They were always calling me, well, Mary Banks doesn't have all her immunizations. Well, Mark Banks needs this other shot. I was like, embarrassing. <laughs> I couldn't keep up. And I'd have to call Dr. Lolly to say, what does he need? What's, what's up next? I know. Wow. <laughs> you know, yeah. So, yeah. So, if they can do that for that, you got to wear a seatbelt. I know. Mandatory. I know. Well, don't tell me that there are some rules and laws that you can put into this country that people have to follow. Well, it has to be at one point, you know, like once people see that it's, it's becoming worse and it's not doing whatever, they're going to have to eventually. Because remember with smoking, they were doing all this, whatever, this and that and the other. Yeah. Now you can't smoke, period. Right, right. And it took forever for that. Yeah, it mm -hmm. did. Mm-hmm. That took a long time, but like I said, don't tell me that stuff can't be can't be made that people can be made to behave. That's it. Oh well, well, thank you so much for the latest. You are so welcome. Hi everyone. This is Dr. Vicki Haywood Doe. I just wanted to break in for a quick second and introduce to you the sponsor and creator of this show. It's the company I own, Haywood Doe Consulting Co doing business as Vicky Doe Fitness. We are a health and wellness consulting company that specializes in designing and implementing medically integrated applied exercise physiology-based fitness wellness programs, initiatives, events, health promotion, and health education for special populations such as older folks, children, adolescents, overweight and obese individuals, cardiac rehab, women's health, and those who have chronic diseases. We have a team and network of healthcare professionals based out of Northeast Ohio, and we've worked with many companies, schools, churches, and organizations. If your goal is to transform your life by taking a holistic approach to living a life of health and total well-being, Get in touch with us at info at .com. To find out more about our own site and online programs and services, go to vikidofitness.com. And now back to the show. Well, today we talk about research articles and hot topics that we think are worth looking at and talking about. Our topic today is what's new? Hot topics number 64. Well, yes, speaking of mass, our first article. Yeah, our first, I said, yeah, let me put this on there. And listen, before I even started, I've noticed that, you know, I'm not sneezing as much and having all the allergies and stuff. And it dawned on me one day, oh my goodness, the reason why is probably because you got the mask on. So it was nice to see that this was written and some research has been done, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, our first article, it says, can wearing a mask reduce my allergy symptoms? Um, research shows that wearing masks outdoors can protect against more than COVID-19 for people who suffer from seasonal allergies. And this was written in the New York Times. And it says, as we head into our second pandemic spring, many of us can be itching to give up our masks. But for the 19.2 million American adults suffering from seasonal allergies, there's another reason to keep wearing your mask. 
While cloth and medical masks do a good job of protecting us from viral particles, studies show masks also can be effective at filtering common allergens, which typically float around in much larger sizes, making them easier to block. Pine tree pollen, for example, is about 800 times larger than the coronavirus, said Dr. David Lang, an allergist at Cleveland Clinic. Even before the pandemic, he advised patients with severe allergies to wear a mask outside, especially for prolonged activities like gardening or yard work. Using masks to alleviate allergy symptoms can require a bit of trial and error, said Dr. Pervy Parikh, an allergist and immunologist at NYU Langan Health. But overall, if it's less pollen going into your nose and mouth, you're less likely to have an allergy attack, she said. Israeli researchers recently studied how much difference wearing a mask could make for allergy sufferers with mild, moderate, and severe symptoms. Using data collected from 215 nurses who used surgical masks or N95 masks during a two-week period, they found that among the 44 nurses with severe allergy symptoms, nearly 40% experienced less sneezing, running nose, and stuffy nose when they wore either a surgical or N95 mask. Among the 91 nurses with moderate symptoms, 30% improved when they wore a surgical mask. That rose to 40% when they wore an N95. Among the 80 nurses who started the study with mild symptoms, 43 nurses or about 54% felt that their symptoms improved while wearing a surgical or N95 mask. And this was said by Dr. Amaral Dror, a physician scientist at Galilee Medical Center and Bar Al University, Israeli faculty of medicine and the lead author of the study. What mask use was also more effective for the nurses with seasonal allergies than those with year-round symptoms, wearing a mask did not solve the problem of itchy eyes, according to the September report published in the Journal of Allergy and Clinical Immunology in practice. Although the findings suggest that wearing a mask can reduce allergy symptoms for some people, the researchers noted that more study is needed. It could be that nurses experience fewer symptoms because when they weren't working, they were staying home and avoiding crowds during lockdowns and thus had less exposure to allergens in the environment. But the fact that mask wearing, which covers the nose and mouth, was associated with improvements in nasal symptoms, but not eye irritations, suggests that masking probably did help reduce many allergy symptoms. In addition to filtering out allergens, wearing a mask also makes the air in our nose cavities warmer and more humid, said Dr. Dror. We know that dry air, this is what he said, we know that dry air and cold air sometimes has the ability to elicit a reaction in the nose. 
This is an extra benefit of wearing a mask. With all the bad, you can find some good. Protection varies mask to mask, depending on the fit and for cough mask, the weave of the the fabric. And unless you wear a mask at all times, you may still be affected by indoor allergens, such as dust mites or pollen carried through open windows on spring breezes. Now, this was said by Dr. Sandra Lynn. It can help, but it's not necessarily going to take away all your symptoms. And she's a professor of otolaryngology or what we say, ear, nose, and throat, because I can't say that word. (laughs) Dr. Farmer. (laughs) Dr. Farmer. Okay. Yeah, we're thinking of her, right? So she's a professor of ear, nose, and throat, head, and neck surgery at John Hopkins School of Medicine. She said, pretty much everyone's wearing masks most of the time now, and people are still getting allergy symptoms. Okay, but here, listen, here are some more tips to reduce your symptoms during allergy season. Number one, protect your eyes. Dr. Lang recommends people who suffer from allergies wear glasses or sunglasses when they're outside, which helps block allergens like tree pollen from making direct contact with eyes. Number two, wash and change your mask frequently. And this was said by Dr. Parikh. The last thing you want is allergen getting trapped in it. She recommends patients change their clothes when they get home and shower before sleep to ensure that pollen doesn't stick to their skin and Wash reusable masks frequently. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention recommends washing a cloth mask after each use. Find a mask that doesn't irritate your skin. Choosing the right mask for an allergy-prone wearer can also be important. People with sensitive skin may react to dyes in some fabric masks and should use perfume-free detergents. Or choose a surgical or medical grade mask, which are less likely to irritate skin. Dr. Parikh said, my allergy sufferers have very sensitive skin because the same critters that make them sneeze or cough also can irritate their skin. And last but not least, talk to a doctor if your allergy symptoms are severe. And this was said by Dr. Lang. If people are continuing to have symptoms that interfere with normal activity, if you're missing work, missing school, their sleep is disrupted at night, see a physician. There are other ways we can help. You shouldn't be suffering needlessly. So, yeah, all that is to say, wear your mask. (laughs) Wear your mask. I have a question. Today I went outside and I saw a bunch of yellow stuff all over my garbage. Is that pollen? Yes. Really? Yes. All over the top of my garbage can. Yeah, everywhere. And you can check down. Wow. When you check on your phone, if you go to the Weather Channel, which I like, if you go to the I Weather Channel. That I, actually, I'm just looking at it right now. Where do you find the pollen count? If you go down to the to the Weather Channel, the app, uh-huh. and you scroll uh-huh. down, it'll have the pollen counts if it's high. Oh, wow. If it's yeah, you have to scroll down. It might have it. I know it has it on the 
the Weather Channel because that's that's where I look on my app. Oh, okay. Yeah, but it might have I it. Saw all this stuff today, I was like, all this yellow stuff all over the top of my garbage can. Yeah, see, oh. yeah, see here it is. Yeah, the, I found it. Today's pollen count. Yes, there it 1, is. 1,068 grains per cubic meter of air. That's wow. it. Wow. That's it. It'll tell you all of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep, so... I did not know that. Thank you very much. Now you know for all of us allergy people. I know. Allergy people and... Yeah, yeah. Don't have to worry about all that. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Yeah, and it's worse. It's worse down south. Man, woo. Is it? Oh, yeah. It, it's terrible down south. Here, it's, it's kind of bad. But with a lot of allergens, especially outside, rain is better. When it's raining, it's better, actually. When it's clear and all, you got the wind blowing and stuff, woo. Is that because of the different types of trees that they have down there or what? Oh, down south? Yeah. Yeah. With all the, the trees, the pine, you know, you got the pine needles. Oh, and all yes, 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 yes. Right, 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 right. Got all of that, plus the flowers and all. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, yeah. Yeah. Plus, it's the, the air is humid, so it's stagnant. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. very true. I wasn't going crazy when I noticed that I wasn't sneezing and doing all this with the change of season. And it's because I had my mask on when I'm outside. Yep. Most. Yep. Well, you know, that mask thing, we didn't have the twindemic with the influenza that we thought we were going to have this year because people were wearing the mask. And that's something. Twofold, preventing allergies and preventing the flu, influenza stuff, huh? Yeah. We thought we were going to have a big case of pandemic this year. We didn't. So it's something about that mask, right? Something about that mask. Yep. Mm. Imagine that. Imagine that. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine that. Imagine that. (laughs) Well, our next article, you're going to hook us up. It's social media, a parasite. A Parasite on a Pandemic Mental Health. I hope you didn't give this to me because you think I need help. <laughs> <laughs> Social media, a parasite on our pandemic mental health. Vignette Prasad encourages reducing online engagement and increasing human interaction. Oh, no, not that, Vicky. Oh, no, not that. <laughs> recently, recently, this is from Dr. Vignette Prasad. Recently, a colleague of mine, someone whom I've met in person, he says, and with whom I've shared a lab, began to tweet increasingly hostile barbs about me. In a certain respect, it was a typical social media interaction, an uncharitable reading of one's point of view and a scornful reply. But it was also unusual as we have met in person face-to-face. In my experience, online anger like this is summoned only when the other person has been depersonalized, just a face disassociated from a person. I'd rarely experienced it from someone who I knew in real life, just as I started to wonder what might be going on, a mutual friend called to say they had seen the out-of-character bard. Apparently, this colleague has been suffering from a serious medical illness and was going through a hard time. By the end of the call, I was left feeling sympathetic. Later that day, I noticed that a professor whose tweets I greatly enjoyed had shut down their account, poof, they and their astute comments were gone entirely. I sent them a note mostly to let them know that I had been affected by this sharp thinking over the years and was sorry to see them go. person wrote back that the growing hostility had driven them away. Every time they said anything, they felt mobbed by a sea of increasingly angry voices. That's true. Mm-hmm. They didn't need the stress. Finally, the same day, a colleague from another university called me to ask for some advice. He had been on Twitter 
and was troubled by increasingly hostile and negative feedback. The specifics were ugly, and I could tell from the tone in her voice that my colleague was pained. I gave the few tips I know and went for a long run. So what's going on? In the best of times, social media is a double-edged sword. It's a great way to get messages, to get a message to many people, but it's be personal and driven by the economy of attention. Anger, disgust, and out outrage are the emotions that engage and addict the users. Good people can become disinhibited and say things they don't truly mean or would never say in real life. Of course, this is during the best of times. We are not in the best of times. People have been cut off from friends, family, and coworkers. People living in isolation. In fact, it's the loneliest year in human history. The largest number of people in history, billions, have been deprived mm. of some social interaction. This is deep, Vicki. I know. This is deep. Mm -hmm. Mental health is suffering, and physicians, healthcare workers, researchers are suffering alongside everyone. When we are tired and angry, we are not our best selves and paired with the algorithms of social media, and it is a recipe for disaster. I won't mention any names, but you and I know of a situation that just happened here in Youngstown with two physicians. And my thing was... I know. People are stressed out. I know. You know? People are stressed out. And I was talking to your honey suite, and I was saying, you know, physicians are stressed out. People don't realize we're stressed out, too. People are like, well, you know, they can take it. Well, sometimes we can't. No. Every mm -mm. day people go online and the difficulties of the last year loom large in their minds. Over 500,000 dead Americans disjointed and often, in, and often incoherent policy responses. The list goes on. Some are angry that we didn't do more sooner. Others are angry about interventions and restrictions that were broadly implemented that might not have helped. We were just talking about this and even hurt. Mm -hmm. Both groups might be right. We were unwilling to do some things that might have helped and simultaneously pursued other interventions that didn't and unfortunately hurt less fortunate Americans. It will take years to tease these apart, as I have written, said Dr. Kassad. Mm. Regardless, we are angry. So we go online, look to vent anger. If we felt the bigger error was not enough restrictions, we get angry when someone is critical of restrictions. And if vice versa, we find a scapegoat. A philosopher recently told me, we get most angry when other people don't follow restrictions that we're able to follow. Mm -hmm. The angry train goes off the wall, rails, and reinvent motivation for others. Folks who share our point of view are always good people, mm -hmm. save lives. And folks who disagree with us are people indifferent to human beings, grifters, ideologues, or attention seekers. But if one steps back, how can that possibly be? Mm. Surely people on all sides, on all sides of the issue, whether that be school reopening or best vaccination practices, have varied reasons for holding their view. A tiny fraction may have some ulterior motive, but surely the vast majority hold their views for the same reasons folks who disagree hold their views. An alternative, interpretation of facts and values. I suspect a year from now the idea that the world is full of strictly good and bad people will look particularly ridiculous. So how can we make it better? I don't know how we can improve the situation on social media, said Dr. Prasad, and more critically, reverse the anguish so many are facing in real life. But I do have some tips about how we might help ourselves. Get offline. The professor who deleted their account has the right idea. Mm. Each of us has to decide if social media serves our purposes and makes us better informed or happier. But probably all of us should use it less, read it less, and post less. Eat. I know, right? <laughs>
<laughs> Mute all notifications. I did this a few years ago, and I quickly found more joy in my life. Say what you have to say and let it go. No need to reply to anyone. And the easiest way is to set the accounts to never disturb you again. Don't reply to others. Is a point of view you disagree with? What value is there in replying to the other person? Just state your point of view in your terms on your feed. No need to pick a fight. Just point out your terms. If you're having a hard time at home or work, don't use social media. Mm. It is hard enough to manage when you wake up in a good mood, when you feel tired, scared, afraid, or sick is too much. Corollary, if you love someone and they are hurting, suggest they do the same. Mm. Peter calls someone every day. And this has been lacking. I mean, we don't have, mm-hmm. I saw you the other day in the driveway, and I hadn't seen you for almost a year. I know. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy. Call someone, visit somebody, interact more in real life. Tell someone you don't know, appreciate their thoughts. Perhaps the best thing we can do to combat negative emotions is to give some positive feedback. That's true. Mm-hmm. I have sent some emails to people, but perhaps I am not thinking big enough. I passed on social media and talked openly about people whose thinking delighted me over this last year. It is the least I can do to combat the animosity. And lastly, toward more productive dialogue. When we are feeling powerless, getting angry at someone is productive. It is a way to channel and reorient your energy. Unfortunately, it leaves all involved worse off. Instead, consider using your energy to articulate or refine your perspective to push for positive that doesn't mean that there are not real errors, but jumping on a single tweet by a minor character in a drama is unlikely to be the change maker. My tips are just suggestions for all meant to reorient the compass toward productive dialogue. Denae Sassad, he's a hematologist oncologist at UCSF and the author of Malignant, How Bad Policy and Bad Evidence Harm People with Cancer. This was one of the best articles Wasn't it? I have read in a long time. Wasn't it great? It was it great. was fabulous. Yes. We can... Something for us all to think about. Yes. We've all gotten caught up in one way or the other. Well, first of all, social media was our only outlet mm-hmm. for everybody that's still isolated and whatnot. You know, your honey sweet and I, I often ask my friends, what does quarantine look like? Because we didn't have, we weren't quarantined. You know, we had to hit the brick. Yes, it. And we weren't as isolated as the majority of people because, you know, I'd see Dr. Nate in the hallway. He'd see me or we'd see Dr. So-and-so. So we had our own little interaction in the hospital. Mm-hmm. But even within that, when we came home or whatever, you know, if we didn't have somebody here every day, we still felt isolated. I mean, I had people that, made food, I was so happy that they did, but they left it outside because they were afraid to come in my house. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, doctors and healthcare workers, I think we're all going to have some PTSD when this is all over with. Mm-hmm. Not just the masses. That's it. So the best thing that happened to me, even though I was questioning when they were calling me to come and, and teach and do all that at Ken and you know, especially dance and all that, where we had to change everything about, you know, Mm -hmm. dance. You know, we had to do it with our masks, our this and that. But at the same time, it got me, you know, out. Exactly. Helping and still socializing. And, you know, even though it was limited, but but still, you know. It gave you that outlet. 
outlet. And so many people didn't have that outlet. If you weren't speaking or going out or whatever, you know, and people were scared to go to the grocery store or whatever. And then, you know, if people's kids didn't call them or whatever, it's, you know, there are going to be many, many books written on this pandemic and the mental illness. And look at what we're seeing. Mm-hmm. People killing people. Yes. Those people that might have gotten some mental resources. First of all, mental resources were were low before the pandemic, and mental resources, of course, are you know, almost non-existent now. So now you have these people that should have been under some kind of therapy or care or whatever, and they're running around killing people mm-hmm. because they needed help. So, I mean, it's a whole, this thing is bigger than us. Yes, and I would say, yeah, we do have to put ourselves in check when it comes to social media and sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I always tell folks, look, sometimes it's cool just to not answer. Just let the stuff back. <laughs> Walk away. Walk away. That's that's their viewpoint. Yeah. Right. Walk away. Because you'll be arguing forever. Just walk away. Just walk away. And then everybody gets all tensed up. The next thing you know, you know, this is fine. And then all of a sudden, and, and, and sometimes it happens with people that you don't even know. So you argue with somebody. That you, I know. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know this person. Well, who is? That was an excellent, excellent, excellent article. Yeah. Who is Johnny? <laughs> so you find yourself going, going through this primrose pathway of answering him or her, and she's answering you, and all of a sudden you're like, I don't even know this person. I know. That has happened to me. A few times I'll be <laughs> I'll be writing and stuff, and then I'll stop and go. Really? You know, I'll stop and go. Uh, please, and I delete that. I said, uh, "I know." Bye. I don't even know this person. What's wrong with me? I don't. Who cares? Oh, <laughs> caught up. Caught up. Yes, yes. So we are definitely in at this point. This was definitely a great article. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. So we got to, you know, get off social media. You know, some people, some people actually do close up their accounts for a minute. Yeah. And pause it. Some of my friends have done that. They just say, I'm going off for a minute. Yeah. That's probably a good thing. That's probably a good thing. That's right. Well, this ends our show, D. So do you have some tips that we should think about? Well, just a couple things that we talked about today. Wear your mask. When in doubt, wear your mask. Continue to get vaccinated. Those individuals that are vaccinated will probably have a little bit more freedom, but it's not over yet. We need the world to have herd immunity. And lastly, get off social media for a minute. Take a break. Yes. Take a mental health break. Take a mental health break. And that's what it really is. Mm -hmm. It's taking a mental health break from social media. That's it. Take a mental health break from social media. And yeah. It is the season to put your mask on just to protect you. Folks like me, we got all these allergies from, yeah. from the pollen and, and then the, yeah. the ragweed that's coming up in August going to be yeah. coming. So, hey, wearing that mask can be a good thing. <laughs> Absolutely. As we have found out with the influenza, we did not have the pandemic. It's not as bad as people think it is. No, no, not at all, not at all. And as always, for more information, go to our website, vickidofitness.com. And remember, if you have any questions, comments, 
or just something to say, tweet us, email us, go on Facebook and share with us your thoughts. You've been listening to It's All About Health and Fitness with Dr. Vicki Hayward-Doe and Dr. Virginia Banks-Bright. Vicki Doe is owner of Vicki Doe Fitness, a multimedia health and wellness forum, a place to discuss, learn, and participate in healthy living. You can get in touch with Vicki by email at info at vickidofitness.com. <laughs>